Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. This is Corey Willis with PBI, and you're listening to the Diesel Podcast. I'm Adam Blattenberg from Diesel World. Hi, this is Dan, owner of Dan's Diesel Performance. I'm Christian Roth of BD Diesel. I'm Braden Fleece, and you're listening to the Diesel Podcast. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. Today we're going to be chatting about 12-valve Cummins Racing. We've got Mike Cole. He's a BD Race team member on the show. And we're going to chat with him about the truck, what drew him to it, things he's been doing since he got it to be able to build it towards the power and the class that he intends on racing in. And just ask him about the truck and just 12-valve performance in general. It's going to be a really interesting episode. Before we get to it, though, we wanted to give a shout-out to Diesel World Magazine. Make sure that uh, you go and check out dieselworldmag.com or pick up an issue if you see it in a store. They're doing an incredible job of being able to cover events and doing live feeds and tons of different things with the events that are going on this year. And then also giving some inside look and behind-the-scenes information on parts and trends and tons of different things. So make sure you check them out and stay up-to-date on diesel information. All right, let's get to the podcast with Mike and chatting about his 12-valve Cummins build. Mike, welcome to the Diesel Podcast. I'm excited to chat with you about some race trucks, which racing has been something I think every diesel enthusiast has been wanting to see this year, head to the track, and have some fun. So we're excited to chat with you today. Thanks. Thank you very much for having me on, Pat. I really appreciate it. I was talking with uh, the crew over at BD Diesel, and I was asking about some products and some um, turbos and things like that, and they were telling me about you and your truck and some things you've done and they're like hey it'd be great to have on the podcast and so we chatted a little bit and i wanted to know more about your truck and specifically you know the year range that you picked and and why that particular truck what drew you to it uh well basically i mean anybody who's into the second gen world i mean it's uh you know anywhere between you know you're looking at 95 or 94 and above um you know it's kind of an appealing look um that's pretty much what struck me on the truck. Um, I happened to find mine from actually it was a local find more than anything else. It was a, a old work truck like most of us end up finding our second gens. Um, and happened to work out a pretty good deal with the uh, guy that owned it. And, uh, you know, the first, I guess, year and a half was mostly just doing a lot of maintenance stuff and just stuff that wasn't done. I mean, for a truck that had, you know, 340,000 miles on it, you're you're going you're gonna to run into a lot of issues. Um, over the last year or so, it's been kind of just maintenance stuff. And then this year was kind of during the whole quarantine rest break, I guess you could say, was mostly just trying to get as much body work done as I could um, leading into doing something this year. Um, so far this year, I've kind of only got the truck to the track once so far um, for what's been open, and that's mostly been uh, just kind of a we have down here in, in Maryland's called a midnight madness. So it's um, mostly been just kind of a pop in little little diesel side event, and then also um, you know your motorcycles and your quick ET cars and stuff like that. So that's kind of been what so far this year has been, and that's kind of the purchase of finding the truck. Now, when you were looking for the truck, did did you think that you eventually wanted to race it, or was it something where you just always loved the second gen body style, always wanted that truck, and and then it just sort of kind of evolved into, hey, I'm going to take this down the track. 
Um, well, kind of the biggest thing was um, being – I've worked on industrial stuff for so long. Um, you know, the 12-valve is always sold out. and Anybody who's been around the industry long enough knows it's – you know, you can do so much with it, and it's, you know, well, I wouldn't say bulletproof. I don't want to ever use that word when it comes down to an engine, but for the most part it is a fairly bulletproof diesel engine, um, and it's dummy-proof, really. Um, that's kind of what hooked me on the 12-valve. Um, and as far as um, – I guess the rest of it would go. Um, I've always just been kind of a big fan of the second gens. Like I said, it's just um, I wasn't a huge fan of the 24 valve. I've ran around, I've ran, I've ran into the ISB engines for a long time, and that one just really doesn't the engine that appeals to me. Um, so I guess just being a P pump guy, and that just kind of worked for me, I guess. <laughs> now with the the power side, where did you where did you start on that end? Like, did you have say with the turbo setup, did you have something particular in mind or, um, you know, how did the, the whole process go for that? I mean, for the most part, I mean, in HX35, I mean, which is a stock charger that came on for, you know, that particular section of it. Um, I, yeah, that's kind of where I'm still at right now. I'm working towards the next setup, um, going away from a 53 millimeter charger, going to hopefully something in 60 or 70 um, millimeter range here soon. Um, but obviously I still want to have something that's still quick spooling and, um, you know, after a certain boost range, we're not going to start just basically pushing hot air. Obviously that's kind of where my next set of goals are, uh, especially right now with me pushing the stock charger well over 50 PSI, which is, you know, in the dangers by any means. Wouldn't recommend it for anybody who decides to want to daily drive a truck like that. But, um, you know, for a slow potato power truck, I mean, it's not bad. <laughs> Do you, now, do you use the truck like for your daily driving or maybe towing a trailer or something like that where maybe a compound turbo setup would be something you'd consider or is it going to be something, you know, maybe drive every now and then but really just focus on the racing side? Uh, mostly it's, um, I have a second job, so on the weekend I, I drive it mostly um, to that and just kind of putt around town. I don't really put a whole lot of miles on the truck. I have a full-time service truck that I work out of, so for the most part, um, I've got other vehicles that I can use if I need to go somewhere. So it's, you know, it's not something that it's uh, predominantly used for me. It's mostly just kind of like I said, local put around. And then when, um, when an event comes up locally or something like that, that's, you know, when I, when it actually is used more than anything else. So for me, it's just mostly just a really less than part-time vehicle for me. Um, for the art. Now with the, with the turbo setup that you're, that you're thinking of, I'm, I know that fueling is going to be right behind that. So you've been thinking about the injectors and pump modifications and all that kind of stuff to go along with it. Uh, for the most part, um, I've got 40 overs right now that are on the truck. Um, I've got seven millimeter delivery valves, which are pretty much the cusp of what's still streetable and, and also still hot enough to run um, for, for longer, for, for longer um, fuel duration more than anything else. Um, as far as for the rest of the pump, it goes, um, so I'm right now I'm right around 20, 21 degrees advanced on pump timing, um, which again it's, it's it's dynamic, so it's not really you know so much adjustable like your common rail guys were. You know it's all done based off of timing sensors and everything being set up on that side of it. So I mean for me it's just you're you're dynamically set with slight static mod modifications you can make to it. Um, I run AFC live on the truck, which allows me to control some of the tuning in cab for the AFC, so as far as for fuel duration and or when the need is there, I do have a full fuel switch, which gives me as much fuel as the pump will give me um, based on my setup. So, I mean, it, it's um, it's not a bad little in-cab thing to have on the truck, for sure. 
that's something I've always been interested in, in the ability to adjust it so you can, you know, accommodate just daily driving or taking it to the track. How would you, how would you rate that as an upgrade that you've done to the truck overall for like the drivability and the power and kind of the convenience of it? Um, for the most part, just being something that's in cab, I mean, much like the common rail guys and the, the earlier Huey pump guys, I mean, it, it was something that was, in my opinion, was probably one of those mods that most people wouldn't really think too much about that really wasn't be, would not be a huge um, adjustment or really make a difference. But in my opinion, just to be able to get a little bit extra throttle um, where you're getting your pre, pre-boost fuel, that kind of stuff, when that comes in, um, I guess I think it's I think it's a great mod. I mean, for the money you put into it, you're not putting out you know thousands of dollars for something like that. You're really putting in a few hundred dollars and you know 30 minutes of install time. Um, it, I don't really think it's um, it's something that people need to not look at. I think if you have a 12 valve and it's P pump truck, by all means, that's or if you have a P pump on a 24 valve, whatever it be. I mean, I think it's a great mod for sure. It's kind of like the early common rail days with. Um with like EFI live before the switches were out and you'd have the tune for the truck there's like your track tune but then to change it you know you had to hook up a laptop and wait a little bit and recalibrate it versus you know now it's it's basically like you know, kind of the same thing with a dial or AFC live and just being able to to change it so I think that's always been something that's kind of you know, it's interested me how the adjustability has gone back to you know the 94 to 98 trucks where owners can take advantage of that adjustability. Oh, I mean, like I said, it's to be able to, it's like having an adjustable fuel plate. I mean, they used to have the attitude adjusters back in the day, which was um, pretty much, um, you know, a built-in uh, fuel plate that pretty much just moved up and down um, to increase or decrease your fuel rate um, based off of, you know, cam angle, what have you. But for the most part, um, I think this right here works, you know, pretty spot on. Um, plus, at the end of the day, if you really don't want to mess with it, and you just want to have two options, which is your driving and then you know your fuel, your full fuel switch. I mean, you have that as an option as well. Like I said, that's one thing I noticed was um, you know that gave me the most power that I could see, and that's pretty much where it lives when I'm at the tracks. So. No, no second gen conversation is complete unless we talk about the transmission. And I want to ask you, ask you about that side of it as as far as building it and upgrading it. What have you done? with the transmission side? Um, for the most part, um, I know the input shaft's definitely been, I have not torn the trans down yet. Again, I've only had it for, you know, about a year or two. And for the most part, um, I have not really torn into the guts of the transmission. I've serviced it, obviously, adjusted bands, check everything that I could to make sure that I don't see anything that stands out to be a potential problem. I know it's got an upgraded converter in it. Um, but that's kind of where the trans, as of right now, has, has gone through, and it's just basically maintenance more than anything else. Um, but I have not seen anything that tells me that, you know, I service it every so often as far as um, seasonally more than anything else. Even though it does not see the mileage, I'll, I'll service it throughout the season to make sure that we're still looking pretty good. There's nothing that stands out, no excessive metal on the magnet. Obviously, with a 47RE, you're just waiting for, you know, sprag parts to come off or, you know, snap rings that are sitting into the actual uh, pan. You know, you're just looking for something. But uh, that's kind of where that stands right now. Everything right now, I'm working my way down. Uh, I hate to be that guy that says, hey, well, I'm just going to wait for something to break. But that's not really what I want to be. I'm more or less just kind of watching it periodically. You know, I'll drop the pan. Fluid isn't that expensive. So, I mean, drop the pan, change the filter, adjust bands, and then 
and see if I see anything that stands out. But the goal essentially is to definitely have a trans that will support what I'm looking for down the road. Right now, I'm just kind of a, you know, more or less a slower, a slower potato-powered diesel truck. But at some point, my goals are to definitely work my way to the 770 index, um, eighth mile-wise. That's kind of what I'm shooting for with this truck. Now that I've got this far into it, I mean, you dip a toe in this, and it's something you can't back out of, you know. Oh, oh yeah. Well, that's what's so cool about hearing about the truck and your process with it is, you you know all the ins and outs of it. You've taken the time to maintenance and service it, um, know everything that needs to be done. So that way, when you put that plan together to go into seven seventy, you know you know exactly what you need to do versus you know just throwing all the performance stuff on it first and then that breaks and this breaks and then you just it can be really confusing and hard to to do a build like that so that's what's really caught my attention with it because i'd want to do the same thing if i found a 12 of which i've said on the podcast before that's like my holy grail of simplicity and just like i want one i don't know why i can't completely explain it you know i'm not necessarily arguing 12 valve versus common rail but i just want a second gen 12 valve it's just always stuck with me since i was a kid that that's what I want, and I would do it the same way. I'd want to take my time and go through it. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people, I mean, it's for me, I work with common rails every day. Um, again, I work for Caterpillar, so, I mean, I, I literally see common rails 99.9% .9 of my day. And um, I'm dealing with emission systems as well as fueling systems and you know, issues on that end. Um, just for something about simplicity, I don't have to want, I have to worry about an emissions for say. Um, I don't want to go into that conversation. I don't think anybody does, but... I don't have to deal with all the, you know, complex issues that can go along with, you know, a CP3 or fuel rail issues or just, you know, simple stuff like a relief valve on a rail that can cause you to drop rail pressure. Um, I don't have to worry about really essentially injectors bleeding down, that kind of thing. For me, it's just very simplistic. If, you know, as long as I've got, you know, halfway decent fuel pressure on the lift pump side, everything else is running. <laughs> That's all that really you got to worry about. Now, with taking on a, a build and a, a project where you're looking to get into a, a certain class, what has been something that's, what's been the most challenging for you? Is it coming up with the power recipe? Is it thinking of the exact setup that you want? What's uh, what's a, a challenge of, of building towards a particular class that you want to race in? Um, I think the biggest thing at the end of the day is just, finding the funds to really to get you to where you want to be at um you know you have a goal in, in mind let's say you, you know you want to save 770 index so we're probably going to be shooting towards eight or nine hundred horsepower um you know it's not just as simple as just hey we'll throw compounds at it you know 250 um horse injectors or 300 horse injectors and bump timing up to 30 degrees and you know we'll just hope for the best um you know it's not that simple because you can easily two or three grand into the engine and forget about you know the weakest link of 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 the whole truck itself which is the 47 on so the biggest thing for me is just finding that balance of okay right now i'm gonna run et and just try to get that section of it dialed in have as much fun as i can have and then you know as money comes which you know when you have a family and everything else that's kind of the hardest thing to get by but as as money comes you know you just try to put a few more dollars into the truck and and just kind of see where you can get with it. And being a part of this team, at least for the most part, they have, you know, they got plenty of knowledgeable people, more, you know, definitely not more knowledgeable people than I am. Um, 
and you know it, it's obviously it's helpful to be part of the team for sure uh, when it comes down to that portion of it as well yeah that, that was what i wanted to ask you about as well as far as being a part of the the bd race team and it, it kind of links to what you just mentioned as well with is building a truck you know as we can and i think that's the major major thing that pulled a ton of diesel enthusiasts in initially was we could have these trucks we could drive them every day or even tow a trailer and then we could take them to the track and, and have fun with it and it wasn't like hey i'm gonna buy this truck and then i'm just gonna sink all this money into it right away i know that does happen but a lot of times you know we're, we're building them in stages and so to have the expertise and the knowledge to lean on being part of the bd race team i wanted to ask you how, how has that helped you as you're putting this truck together another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Um, the one thing about it, you know, even as, as old as these trucks are and the engines themselves, you know, there's still plenty of guys who, who work there that, that are still, you know, P-pump guys at heart. So, I mean, they can tell you that maybe I have a question, you know. Um, I had a question when I first joined on. It was something kind of kind of stupid, but I thought it was you know warranted, which was about AFC springs. Um, you know, I was running one from a different brand, and I felt that um, for the power level I was at, it was, t- it was too tight of a spring. And he got back to me. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Please bear with me on that one. But um, he got back to me. We conversated about that, and I ended up switching from where I was the the competitor brand, I guess you could say, to a lighter um, BD spring and. You know, I, I've definitely seen an improvement on fueling, uh, especially on the low side, because while most of my fueling previously was on, was everything, you know, in lockup and above, was most of where my fueling, my power is coming from. I had, you know, I was really dead on the low end. Um, so switching just an AFC spring, you know, was a huge difference for me. Um, and that's where, you know, they, they can, I can lean on to them. I had questions on the forum as far as uh, the Facebook group. Uh, just about, you know, what, what different brand sumps were out there and, you know, found out that there was that BD had a sump that was out there. And that's the next mod that's going on the truck just so I can get as much fuel as possible going to my hot rod lift pump. And, you know, that's kind of where I was at with it. And a very informative group. If, if for some reason somebody in the group will be able to help me out or I can call BD at any time, you know, and I can definitely get my questions answered. So it's um it's really great to have, you know, that backing, whether it be, you know, just not so much just for the parts, but at least for the knowledge if I have a question. It's one of the really cool things to hear and and we've had a few different um, BD racers on the podcast, whether they were doing UCC or or DPC and I, I've been an enthusiast for a really long time. Like I think when I really started to pay attention to diesels probably thirteen, fourteen years ago. And it always seemed like you could always find the parts, you know, whether you saw them in a magazine or you saw them online, you could find the parts, but actually seeing a company invest in the community of people who are using these products is something that's so different. And it's been really, really cool to hear how that's helping people race. I think really kind of foster and encourage that enthusiasm that, you know, taking this truck that we have no matter what kind it is and 
being able to build it towards whatever class we want to race in and having the support because it's really hard to find expert advice like that when you know you're just you're putting a truck together you're thinking of the plan and so i've always thought that was really cool and something different in the diesel industry i mean there's you know you can go out there and look around i mean you can pick up a sponsor anywhere but at the end of the day, what do they offer for you? And that's the biggest thing. Now, looking back at what I did with BD, I mean, I think it was one of the best moves I could have ever done um, as far as just having, one, the support from the, from the actual team itself as well as just the support for the company from the company as well as, you know, what they do for the industry. Um, that's the biggest thing is, you know, if we're going to do this kind of deal, we want to make sure that we're still supporting the, the diesel industry because it's so small. I mean, you know, it's not like every other form of drag racing where it's just, you know, where we are just so small in comparison. That's where if we can give back to the, to the actual industry, it's, you know, pretty much feeding us and keeping us alive because if it's not for these brands and these, and these companies, you know, diesel drag racing can go away really quick. And, um, you know, we're back to the sidelines and, you know, <laughs> looking at what if yeah and i think where a lot of enthusiasts get pulled in is being at the track and Mm -hmm. seeing trucks race that's how i got hooked i saw one go down the track and i was like well how does that big truck go that fast and that's how i think that's how it grows and you're right it is it's small and it's it's been interesting to watch the evolution over the years where it was very much about you know i run this brand turbo or that brand transmission and you don't so your truck you know isn't as good and it's completely changed to where it's really about growth and I think that's that's the part and really the story that always pulls us in is all over the well it's really all over North America that they work with people and being able to see that go into these local areas or regions and who knows who's in the stands there could be someone you know that is there for the first time they see your truck they love it and now they're hooked on diesel and they want they want to know more and it starts a passion so i think it's a really good thing for the community and the industry and just keeping it growing and keeping that passion alive i mean i think a lot of people were kind of in that boat as well as you know maybe they grew up with sled pulling and you know as as big as sled pulling blew up um especially over the last few years and just to still see that that's what kind of hooked me a long time ago was more or less sled pulling and then i was in the process of going down a road where i was you know do i want to try to build a pool truck or do i want to just have something that's fun to daily drive as well as you know take it to the to the track and that's kind of where i end up going away from the ideas of building a sled truck which would have cost me a boatload more money obviously but at the end of the day you know you can do both obviously but um i just felt that you know the diesel drag racing side of it would be a little more fun for me but that's kind of what hooked me and you know and that's kind of where we're at today i guess as you look towards 2021 and you know you'd mentioned wanting to compete in the 770 class what are the next kind of major things you're looking at doing to the truck and getting ready to meet that goal into next year um the biggest thing right now is um i'm obviously kind of over over speeding my tar- my charger right now so i mean it's I'm going to end up having to go to a compound setup, um, more fueling for sure, um, and then obviously really have to tackle into that 47RE and really see if, um, you know, if I'm just going to pull it and just rebuild it myself in my driveway, which is more likely what's going to end up happening. But, um, 
you know, it's all the bigger investments. Like I told my wife, everything forward here, you know, it's either I stay where I have fun and or I take it serious. That next jump is going to be the most expensive jump we make. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be fun though, especially you know to tackle these things and and put the truck together. So you know, when you when you sit back, you know, a year from now, and you know, you know that that you put in the work and gone through basically the entire truck and it's really cool you know to to follow the builds and the the things that you guys are doing and see how they progress you know maybe next year there's another class you want to go into maybe there's you know a different setup that you're doing and i know our listeners love following it we do too is to see how you guys progress because we're all at one of these stages we're either looking for the truck we either just have the truck and got to tackle some maintenance stuff or you know we're thinking all right i'm ready for the next step how am i gonna how am i gonna swing all this how am i gonna do you know step a b and c and put this together and then it just progresses i mean that's kind of how every build has to go i mean it's it's a rarity in this world where you you know you take a truck and then you can just drop 10 15 grand into it and which it can easily be done um even in the old potato power trucks i mean literally you can you can drop 10 15 grand and, and not even blink um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you got two options, either you got the money up front and you can do all that, or you can literally just take your time and piece it together. And, you know, when you're talking about trucks of 20 plus years, you know, rarely, especially where I live in the mid Atlantic region, you're not really going to find too many second gen 12 valves that are in, you know, immaculate shape that are, you know, that you don't have any worries about. That was my biggest thing was before I went down track with this truck, I wanted to make sure that everything was prepared and I didn't have any worries structurally or even just the simple stuff, the body, you know, just to make sure that, it, you know, it looked good and also is performing fairly decently. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. Well, that's really, I think what, that that's, what's real. That's what most of us do. Most of us, that's the process we need to go through to build these things is, you know, we're not finding that immaculate 20,000 mile, you know, Arizona 12 valve diesel that like the garage fine and then just drop it a hundred K on it. That's not, that's not how it's done for most of us. And so we can really identify with the process and wanting to make sure it's safe and just dialed in. So, you know, you can have fun with it. And so I think that's what really appeals to people is, is the realism of it and just the reality of how these builds go. I mean, it's the other thing is, you know, it's, it's hard to just wrap your mind around the fact that, you know, you you got common rail guys who can just throw a tuner in it, maybe a larger charger, maybe some larger injectors, and, you know, they're fairly fast. You know, we're, we're on the other end of the spectrum where we're taking old tractor technology and just trying to keep up with traffic when you first get these trucks. And then, you know, when all of a sudden it's a little bit different when you can go light to light with the common rail, that's, you know, that's when you really shake things up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's always it's always really interesting to see like, the ads and the torque wars in the new diesel trucks where it's like, well, this one hits nine eighty or nine fifty, and this one's a thousand, this one's a thousand forty five, and you rewind twenty years, they weren't anywhere near that. And just I think that's what's so cool though is you can take that twenty twenty five year old truck and eclipse that power or equal it or do whatever you want to do with it with the parts and the support that's out there. I mean, it, it doesn't take long. I mean, let's just be honest. If you've had a truck that had not been tampered with, and let's say it was just an old, you know, pop truck, you know, old grandpa truck, and you start messing with the AFC housing and doing a little bit here and there, I mean, the free horsepower alone, you know, before you do anything, I mean, it's 
it's pretty it's pretty impressive. I mean, you yeah. can't do that with any common rail truck. There's there's no common rail truck where you're gonna get free horsepower. I mean, it's not. Um, but yet, as far as for you know the uh, the trucks, I mean, it's you can at least pull some power into them just by simply just you know. It's just your time. It's all it is. Your time into it, and you can really create some halfway decent power out of it. That's what always captivates us with the 12 valve episodes and just talking about second gens is how passionate the owners are and how well they know the truck. And they, they're very independent, and they take on a lot, of the, a lot of the work themselves, and it's so cool because they're, they're tuning the pump, they're building the transmission, doing these different things out of necessity. And it's it's just always really interesting to hear verse like the newer trucks and, and what we're talking about it's it's all electronic or mostly electronic and it's so it's so streamlined and easy and i think it's appreciating the the knowledge and the how-to of you know how do you get this 12 valve up to 350 400 horsepower how do you take the next step how do you take the next step and it's uh it's just it's it's so cool compared to what's out now and and just how electronic and easy that they are to mess with. Well, it's kind of like if you go back to the gas world. I mean, it's a, it's the last real diesel engine I would say to do a horrible comparison, but it's the last diesel engine that you can consider to be almost carbureted. You know, as far as you can still mess with it, you can still adjust before that leap to fuel injection happens. Um, where, you know, you get down to people with this, we're used to being able to actually work on it to nowadays where, you know, it's either a dealer or shop you're having to take it to, or you have to have the technology and be able to hook up to it and actually check out, check it out that way. Um, while these trucks are still to that point where, you know, you can easily mess with them and you can do so much just to create power out of them. And it doesn't take a whole lot. It doesn't take a rocket science, but scientists by any means to really work on them. Um, and there's so much out there. I mean, to do anything on these engines, if you look on YouTube, you look at the forums, whatever it be, and I mean, there's a lot of knowledgeable people out there um, that know these engines and trucks way better than I will ever. <laughs> well, it was really cool to, to chat with you and learn about your truck and, and your goals for it, Mike. And I know we definitely are going to be watching you and seeing, you know, next year you make some passes, follow up with you, see... See if the setup that you put together you're still happy with, or if you're wanting to go a little faster, make a little bit more power, and and chat with you then, and see how that transmission build went that uh, that you got coming up here pretty soon. <laughs> One day, like I said, I don't want to be that guy that's just saying, um, like I said, don't want it to wait for it to break, but it's inevitable. You know, it's just one of those things you can't put power to these 47 REs until you have them completely built. But it is what it is. But I, I thank you for your time and having me on here for sure. Don't forget, Diesel fans, make sure and head on over to dieselworldmag.com. Bookmark the page. If you see a issue in a store, make sure and pick it up if you want to stay up to date on the latest going on in diesel. And make sure you follow them on Instagram and Facebook as well for live feeds from events so you can basically watch events as they're happening and be able to stay up to date on the latest information. Till next time, keep the shiny side up.